This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, this is uh, Jay Harwood with a very special edition of Amazing Mets Love My Podcast. My special guest this week is Daryl Strawberry. Now, you know what the scary thing is? I've known you now for 42 years. That's more than half my life. That's crazy. I mean, I. It's been a long, it's been I, a long I started, time, Jay. I started April 1st, 1980. You were drafted with June of 1980. That's it. That's June a, of 1980. Can you imagine that? I, I was a young pup when we first got to know each other. You were a, <laughs> just turned 18, and I turned 30 something, and now I'm 70 something. That's. I know. That. We've been through a lot together, you and I, right? I mean, a lot together, you know. We have, we have. We've been through a lot. There's but a lot of good times, though. Jay. Yes, sir. More, a lot of good times. Well, the draft is this week, Daryl, and I wanted to speak to you about what you remember uh, the spring of 1980. You know, a senior at Crenshaw High School, six foot six, uh, called the Black Ted Williams, cover of Sports Illustrated. When did you think you might get you? What was your feeling? Like in February of that year, if you remember that far back, what were your expectations about the draft? Well, I didn't really have a lot of expectations. Um, I knew I would probably be drafted because of my junior year in high school. We played at Dodger Stadium and uh, four guys got drafted off my team. And we played against John Elway and them in the city championship. And there was a lot of scouts there. And they didn't realize that I was was a junior. And I was coming back for my senior year. And I just remember um, going into my senior year, you know, I started off real slow because I played basketball and we had to go to like city and state championship before I got on the baseball field. And um, I just knew that um, going into that year, I just wanted to play well and hopefully have a chance to get drafted. I didn't know if it'd be first round, second round. I had no idea what it would be, but I did know the Mets were looking at me. Um, Of course, they were looking at me and Billy Bean at the same time, um, because I remember the scout, Roger, from California. Roger Youngwood. Uh, Roger Youngwood, yeah, and Harry, Harry Minor, right? Yeah, he, he passed away a couple of years ago. Guy was a good man. Yeah, those were, those were amazing guys, you know, that I, I had the opportunity to get to know uh, during the course of my senior year, and, and Roger was at every game, and Harry was just around most of my games that year, too. So they, had, they really had a tough decision to make of who they wanted to draft because uh, I guess the Mets had the first pick. And I just so I was just hoping that I get drafted to be able to play professional baseball. When did when did the Sports Illustrated story came out before the draft when you were on the cover? It did come out. Uh, Keith was on the cover that year. Remember, Keith was the co-MVP uh, yeah. with the Cardinals, and I remember that. Um, and I, I came out um, in the Sports Illustrated that – as the black Ted Williams. And I was like, who is Ted Williams? You know, I, I, I mean, I wasn't, I was a baseball fan, you know, I grew up in LA, but um, I was a Pete Rose fan and a Dave Parker fan, you know, and I, I saw those guys play and, and I just thought they were phenomenal ball players when I was growing up. So, you know, I, that's what really 
kind of drove me to playing baseball is, is, is watching uh, those guys play and, and realizing how much fun it was playing baseball. Darrell, you know, at that time, Mets were a really bad team until 84. This year, the Mets have two picks at the top, you know, 11 and 14. You know, what would you advise a, a young guy being drafted in a big market from the experience you went through? What What would you tell them if you had their ears now? Well, the big market is a lot of pressure to play there, a lot of expectations. Uh, I, I think just uh, really – uh, be humble about yourself and realize that you have to put the work in, you know, to play in, in a big city uh, because it's going to always be a lot of things there, temptations and those type of things, you know, coming to the big city. And if you go to a smaller market, it's different. So I would just encourage young, younger players to be, you know, really be careful about, you know, who you run with and who you put in your life and, and just allow yourself to work real hard to get to the next level so you can achieve some great things. And, you know, young players have a tendency to think it's going to just be easy getting to the big leagues, but it's not. You know, that's your most difficult challenge when you get there. It's not your ability to play. It's your ability to live, I think, more than anything. Now, looking back on all that I had to endure in life and experience in life, you know, it wasn't about my ability to play the game. It was about how do, how do you live as a young athlete? And I think that's the most important part for young athletes to understand when they're I mean, going into a big city. I mean, you were the first big story I worked on as a PR guy. The draft was in June, but I mean, so you had your, your big guy, six, six, you know, black Ted Williams, your last name. I mean, you couldn't hide any place, right? I mean, there was no place to hide. <laughs> no, I really wasn't. And those were different times, you know, the eighties were the eighties. Um, you know, a lot of people that are living today and in, in sports today and watch the sports today, they didn't, they didn't live back in the eighties. They were too young for that. So uh, it was a different time. And, you know, the times that athletes live in now, uh, of course, I couldn't hide, but, you know, now of having social media and everything that you have to live with, uh, I think it becomes a big amount of pressure to even perform, you know, because, of you know, everybody's expecting you and you're in the kind of salaries that players get today. Everybody's expecting more out of you. Uh, and, and it's just a game. You know, you just got to remember that, you know, the most important thing is baseball, uh, playing Little League and playing Pony League and all those different leagues. Growing up, it's the same game once you get to that level, once you develop the experience that you have. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When did you, I remember we were in LA, we came into the locker, was that before or after the draft? I forget. That was after the draft, I believe. I was already drafted by the Mets and I remember uh, Joe Torrey was the manager and, and I came into the locker room and he welcomed me even then when I was a young player. Uh, you know, I knew I had a lot to learn, but it was really cool to be at, Dodger Stadium at the game and be able to meet you guys and, and realize that, you know, one day, hopefully I'll be playing in New York and I'll be uh, playing for the Mets. Well, I got in trouble with because of you. I'm, you know, I got yelled at a couple of times. You know, Chuck Hiller was the manager. You manager of Kingsport, wasn't he? Chuck and, Hiller was. And I used to call up and Chuck, and we didn't do this with Dallas. Leave the guy alone. Let him play. You know, Chuck <laughs> was the old-fashioned baseball guy. I remember one time uh, – 
the, the late Frank Cancer got crazy on me. We had a, a promotion in, I think it was Elizabethton, that every fan with a strawberry got in for nothing that day. I mean, uh, you remember that thing? And we, we had the strawberry Sundays at, at Chase Stadium, too, in your honor. Well, I, th- I think the, that was the only time I was protected when I was uh, playing in the minor leagues by Chuck. You know, he was very protected of me. He just wanted me to play baseball. He didn't want, you know, all these expectations and uh, that were coming about and the different things that were coming about. He, he just thought the kid needed to be out there playing baseball and, and learning. And, and, and I really respect that from Chuck. You know, he was a good manager. And, um, of course, you know, Frank, you know, who I think didn't want young players to have that kind of pressure coming to New York like myself at such a young age and realizing that I would be in the big leagues at the age of 21 and I would go on from there um, and have some big days, big, big games, big years, and just a lot of fun, you know, but still, you know, it, it, it's really tough when you play in, in the bigger cities. It's not like um, playing in a, a, a smaller market and you don't have um, 700 reporters or <laughs> You know, yeah, I kind of exaggerate there, but so many no, it's close. In I bigger mean, cities. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I, again, I think I've told this a couple of times, Joel, one of the big mistakes I made is when you came up in 83 and when Doc came up in the following year in 84, I said yes to too many things. You know, if somebody was from the Morristown Gazette and wanted to do Doc and Dow, sure, no problem. And I wish, looking back, you know, I wish I had handled that differently. I, my, my, through age, I learned less is more sometimes. And the guy who helped me with, with Doc was uh, when Valenzuela, they doctors protected him. You know, like he could only speak the day before he pitched. And, but uh, you were an everyday player, so it was really hard. And one thing, you know, you always never shied away from anything. You're always by your locker. And, you know, I just wish I, in the beginning, that I had protected a little bit more than I did. So that's my one regret, big regret. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that, Jay. But I had to, I had to take the role. I had to take, you know. And, and life is so funny, and you know, you look back on that, and and of course, it, it made me stand up and be a stand up person. And I think that's why I'm the person I am today, you know, because of yeah. the fact I never ran and hid from the media. And even though you know I had to take the heat sometime, but that's okay, you know. Uh, my performance always spoke for itself, you know. And that's the bottom line: can you go out there and get it done? And and I think playing in New York and all those years that I played over there in Queens, uh, I was able to get it done. You know, of course, you know, uh, rookie of the year that it was en- ended up in 83 and Doc comes up the next year. And, and then, then we just go on this, you know, phenomenal tear of, uh, of being a good ball club and stuff like that. And, and you got to stand up to the media, you know, that's just the way it is. You know, you're going to have guys who come against you as part of it too. You know, I learned all of that. So, you know, it, it's, it's part of a learning lesson that you go through in life and, you know, don't, don't, ever sit in your life and, and put yourself in a place where you sit and be a victim because of what happened. I'm not a victim, you know, I'm an overcomer and I'm glad to the fact that I had to play in New York and start in Queens and the Mets organization to be able to learn about life lessons. Was that one of the things you would tell, like you said, we have two, you know, not number one picks, but in the top 15, if you got them alone in a room, would you, one piece of right with me, we, we would tell them be accountable and and don't run into bad times. Was that one of the things you were telling Yeah, me? be accountable. Be accountable. Show up no matter what. You take take that 0 for 4, you go 2 for 30, show up. Keep showing up. Because if you're a baseball player and you uh, have the confidence in yourself, you're going to break out of it. You know, and that's the most important thing to learn about yourself as, as a young player. You know, young players have the tendency of um, not wanting to deal with the press. And, you know, and then the pressure and the expectations 
are even higher because you know you don't deal with them and now they write about you and they say well he hides from the press and he won't talk to us and stuff like that then the fans react you know the radio shows and you know all the outlets in new york are different and, you know and you you get you get booed when you don't do that and and then guys find themselves not being able to be themselves so you know me i was a different type of breed uh, of a person I, I didn't really care about being booed i like the fact of being booed and you know i come from la i grew up in south central la so i kind of had a like tough skin you know that growing up there it, it, it didn't make me soft when i came uh, and played in new york it, it made me realize that if i want to play here this is part of it show up and no matter what if you have a bad day keep showing up and keep talking to the press and don't just let them dictate who you are. The people, the guy fans at Fenway Park used to serenade you with Daryl, Daryl, and that was, that That didn't bother you at all, right, Straw? No, it didn't bother me. I, I, I tell people all the time, they say, well, how did you feel about that? I said, well, at least everybody knew I was in the ballpark. <laughs> that was a good thing for me, you know, the fact that they knew my name and everything. So I think Playing under pressure is one of my things that I've always learned how to do because I did it so well in high school. You know, we had to play that way in basketball. We had to play that way in baseball. So it was no big deal to me, you know, to get to the next levels and, and play with that type of pressure. Matter of fact, you know, I was a guy that thrived on the pressure. You know, I, I, I think I became the best player, you know, when there was pressure, when the game was on the line. I love being in those situations where there's great pressure and you're facing Nolan Ryan, he's throwing a one nothing shutout and I hit a home run off of and we tie that game and go on to win the game. Things like that was important to me when I look back over my career because they were big moments and you never forget the big moments you were in. You know, one of your journey to get to the major leagues, I, I think you told me once, you really didn't get outside of LA, LA much in, is growing up. So your journey to the Mets is Kingsport, uh, Lynchburg, Jackson, uh, North uh, Tidewater, all Southern cities. You know, I mean, I'm sure that wasn't the easiest thing for you as a young uh, coming out of LA to make your journey through the South back then. No, it wasn't. I mean, Lynchburg was really tough. You know, I had to go through a lot of racial uh, sayings, you know, because I was the number one pick. And, you know, I just remember my manager, Gene Dusan, was just telling me, don't look up there. And, you know, he felt like I would have wanted to eliminate somebody up in the stands. And, you know, if it wasn't for him and then if it wasn't for, you know, the fact that, you know, I had Lloyd McClendon, who eventually came around, I, I don't know how I would have made it through that year, but I, I, I figured it out and I came close to giving up baseball. I just, I was starting to doubt a little bit. Is this for me, you know, growing up, is this what baseball is all about? I, I didn't realize I was going to be called a boy, you know, and all kind of other names, you know, to play baseball, but uh, it was very challenging, but I remember um, just, thinking about giving it another year. And I went to Jackson, the Texas league, and I go on to play well in the Texas league. And that I just that's really. 34 home runs down here. Yeah, 34 home runs. And I stole 45 bases, you know, and that really showed me right there that I had become a baseball player and that I would probably one day be able to play at the next level. And there it was again, you know, Gino, you know, Dusan was my manager at double uh, A, you know, uh, and I thought it was pretty cool. And I go the next year, I go to Triple A, and, and Davey Johnson, the manager, and I play one month under him in Triple A and Tidewater. And, and then I get to the big leagues at the age of 21. So, you know, it was a lot of, lot of, lot of things you got to go through. People never, ever know about or talk about. They just think, well, you should make it because you got talent. It, there's a lot that come into play, you know, when you, especially young, you know, African American and expectations, you're going to deal with a lot of different things. Daryl, uh, jumping in this year, August 27th. 
old-timers day celebrate 60 years of Mets baseball. I know you're going to probably be watching from the bench because there's some bad knees that happened through the years of the children, but what's it going to be like to see a, a lot of your teammates, a lot of guys you played with and reunite with the fans again? Well, I think it's most important for the fans because Queens was always good to me. Mets fans were great, no matter what people say or think. You know, I, I had some phenomenal years there. You know, my biggest years of my career was putting on the Met uniform and being able to perform like I did at Shea Stadium. Of course, the city field now, but Shea Stadium was my home and the memories there. Uh, no one can ever take that away. So when you get to an event like this, um, you just kind of reflect on how good it really was and the guys that you play with, when you see some of the guys that you play with, um, you see some of the other players that wore the Met uniform, you, you think about uh, them also uh, as being players and, and representing what it was like to be in Queens. But, you know, I think the most important thing I always think about, you know, is, is being an all-star, you know, rookie of the year and then going in every year being voted into the all-star game as I was there. And, and then, you know, 86 is just a, a year to remember. You can't ever take that away from the team. That was a group of guys that I love very much, you know, and at the time you, you look at us and you look at how close net we were together and the bond that we had together. We were a little crazy, yes, but our bond together was incredible once we stepped on the field. And I, I've never experienced anything like that, like I experienced with those guys in 86, the way we played, and, and to go on to win that World Series and never give up. And, and you were a lot of diverse personalities. It wasn't just one personality. Everybody kind of blended together, you know, for the common cause. It was a different kind of clubhouse, you know. And, uh... <laughs> it was. It was a fun clubhouse. You know, Jay, you you walk through that clubhouse every day. You see the personalities that we had. And, you know, it was some fun personalities, some crazy personalities. But I tell you one thing, it, when we stepped on that field, it, it was an incredible group of guys who loved each other and played for each other and had each other back. And that's what baseball is really all about. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. John, what was it about Davey? The, to me, he was the perfect manager for the team. And he let the guys play. He had rules, but there were no rules. You know, I mean, he, he let everybody do their thing. And, you know, don't you think he was the perfect guy for that team? Well, no question about it. You know, it was a great hire when they hired Davey. Because, in fact, Davey was a ball player himself. That's the difference in a manager who has played the game and understand what it's like to be a player. You know, Davey was a great player from himself, you know, so many years, you know, you know, playing in Baltimore those days, you know, so he know what it's like to have slumps. He knows what it's like to be hot. He knows what it's like to just be the player, you know, and I think that was the importance of our runs every year, you know, why we were so great every year, because he just let players be players. You know, we come to spring training, it was Lucy, Lucy Goosey, you know, and, you know, and, and he just knew that, you know, we had the players and the talent to put on the field that we can beat anybody. And, and that was very special when you think about that. When you when you have a team year after year, you know, winning over 90 games and you 
you have to win the division back then, but you can't take away. We won 98 games in 85, you know, and ended up finishing second against the Cardinals and, and losing against the Cubs and, and winning 90 games in 84. So you, you, you think about all those things after, you know, my rookie year, you know, we were a terrible team, last place team. Then all of a sudden Davey comes in and he turns his whole franchise around and we become a better ball club and we become, you know, the team of New York City, you know, not the Yankees. You know, it was the Mets of the 80s that ran New York City. So my two favorite Daryl memories in Montreal opening day, you hit the roof with a home run. You hit the roof, and in in the game in 85 in St. Louis, you hit the clock against uh, Daly to win a game. And those two of your favorite home runs? Well, I think the Ken Daly was, you know, because 85, I mean, I, I remember I got hurt in 85 early in the year. I dove for a ball and tore my thumb, so I was out quite a bit and I wasn't having uh, the superb year like I you know wanted to come in you know after the 84 season and 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 just being able to be in a big game like that in a moment like that in St. Louis you know which was the Cardinals you know because the Cardinals and us we didn't like each other and we hated them and they hated us and they hated Keith and you know because he had came from St. Louis and he became a part of us and it was just going to be a matchup that we was going to have to face every year it was going to be like between us and the Cardinals of who was going to be the best. And so, you know, he hung a breaking ball that night. I hit off the clock and broke the clock in St. Louis. And, you know, unfortunately we didn't go on to win that year, but we made a statement that we were going to be the team to beat in the future. And, you know, for next year that comes 86, it just all, you know, speaks for itself. We went out there and just dominated the National League East. Hey, Darrell, pardon me, you have to mention Yankees, but you, 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 you played for Buck, right? You were with Buck a little bit? I was in 95. I was in 95 when, you know, I, I played with the, um, the Yankees over in 95, me and Jeter, you know, we were both coming in and, um, but, you know, that was already established team with um, Donnie and them and we ended up playing in that playoff series and we lost to Seattle. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess you're not surprised the success he's had this year. I mean, he's, uh, he was a perfect guy for this kind of a team now, but, but do you still have any relation with him due to years? I, I just think it's important for him being the kind of manager he is. And he's not an analytics guy, you know, he's a baseball guy, you know, so I think being able to let the players, players play in such a way where they can be baseball players, I think that's what he's doing. And I think that's why the success is there. You know, I think if you get caught up so much in the analytics, you know, I think that's, you know, the way the game is today, but, but I don't think Buck is caught up in it. I think Buck is more the fundamental baseball, hard-nosed baseball, you know, and, you know, he comes from that. He comes from that, you know, with the Yankees organization and everything, and he was he was a good manager in their organization, and now he comes back and, you know, he's a good manager in the Mets organization because he knows baseball, and I think that's what's important. Darrell, let me take a question. I get it all the time. Like how he answered He says, well, Darrell had a great career. He should be in the Hall of Fame. This is my answer. You tell me what you think. I say that could be true, but I think the work he's doing today with the kids – doing cancer profession stuff, traveling around the country, speaking against, against the evils of opioid. To me, in a way, that's better in the Hall of Fame because you're impacted a lot of lives and you, you've never run from what happened before. And I mean, do you feel this? I mean, tell me what your thoughts and how I answered that question. Well, I feel tremendously blessed, you know, in my life, you know, to be able to go through what I went through and where I come from. And, and what it has nothing to do with me putting on the baseball uniform. It has to do with me being broken on the inside, you know, from my own dysfunction life as a kid and everything. And and I'm still here today and I'm able to give back. And I'm able to have such a great impact on so many 
more people lives. I know I had a great impact playing baseball, but that was just a game. But today, I back then I was winning ball games, but today I'm winning lives, you know. And I, I think that's more important than anything when you can help, you know, other lives be changed and, and, and bring from wherever darkness they are in life. And you can go into places and what I do is, you know, get to be a ministry to go in to minister to people and bring hope to people. Uh, hey, man, I'm such a, it's such a joy. I, I, I'm very thankful that, you know, I have the opportunity to be who I am today more than anything. You're doing great work. So I know you have the opportunity to meet the our new owners and I know they're really into uh, establishing the alumni tradition and they want, you know, to, to reconnect with a lot of people we didn't connect with before. And I think we're on the right track. I think the, 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 the old timers, they game, you know, 60 years of Met baseball, 65 guys coming back, you know, all the different decades. It should be a very joyous event. And I'm thrilled that you're going to be part of it, Straw. Well, I am too. And I'm so, uh, so thrilled the fact that they do have new ownership and, and Steve and his wife, uh, I think her name is Alex, I, I believe. Yes. Uh, yeah, they, they are wonderful um, owners, you know, uh, they're wonderful people. You know, I've got a chance to, you know, just spend time with them and have conversations with them. You know, I'm not a person that's going to be all up in their face, you know, to bug them about things because that's not who I am. I, I don't need that. You know, I have a, a you know great relationship with them. And, and I, I really appreciate the fact that they're uh, bringing the history back, the history of players that have played there. You know, there's been a lot of great players, you know, who have come through there and played there. And there's been a lot of guys who has had great success you know, there in Queens. And let's not forget about the fact that those, those players are still in the history books of, of what the Mets organization is all about. And for them to recognize that, you you greatly appreciate that. Darrell, I treasure our friendship and we'll stay in touch. And I'm sure we'll speak in a couple of days and, you know, look forward to seeing you in August. All right. Sounds good, Jay. You stay right, healthy. Take care, man. Story. You be well, my friend. Huh? Thanks, Darrell. All right. You too. All right. Bye. All right, Jay. Bye-bye.